great. Why would you have more than one? Oh. This one's the one's wireless. You can throw it in the trash can next to you. Do do it. It's, it's I trash. don't like wireless mugs. That's why this one's wired. I'm down. I'm sure you are. Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. Oh, your name is Joel, and we're here to talk about shooting. Shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. No, not Jesus. Shooting. You can talk about Jesus if you want. All right. Uh, we have Bill with us also. Hi, guys. Bill, our man our in man Area 4. In Area 4, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so interesting things happening in Area 4, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't think Chad Stanton's running for re-election anymore. I have not heard this. He's, he's not listed on the website. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from Chad, but he's not listed as a candidate on the website. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, he's probably thinking good riddance to this this bullshit. Can you imagine wanting to be on the board at this point? Yeah, I, th I think I need to go to the doctor. And Well, and, and being tied in with the BFCs, you know what I mean? If you're yeah. on there as opposition, that's one thing. But if you're uh, part of the, uh, you know, part of that whole crew. Uh, any, anyway, let's get to the show. You know the guys, you know the deal. Everybody comes here with a topic, something to talk about. Um, I think we've got a pretty pretty good lineup here. we got a Real banger doozy. of a show. Yeah, it sure. is. It is going to be a banger. Uh -huh. So uh, I want to start because I think it'll be fun. Uh, Can't wait. Well, look, we had some fun recently. I think many of us did have some fun. Uh, unfortunately, with Matt not running for re-election, you know, I had to throw my weight behind Bruce Six because I feel like that's the most effective candidate to elect because, I mean, I'll get your guys' take on this, but I've been saying this for a while. There's no functional difference at this point between any of the candidates. I feel like any of them are going to go along to get along. They're not going to say, you know, they're not going to say anything really. They're going to go with the program fundamentally that gets presented to them uh, by, you know, the rest of the crew that's running the show. And I don't think there's going to be any fundamental changes. Not that there would be fundamental changes with Matt in office. It's important for people to understand this. With Matt as president after the bylaw changes, he'd be in a position to drive the agenda, get stuff on the agenda, and force the BOCs to say no to reasonable things. That'd be what he's in a position to do. Can't make anything happen. Can just make them say no. Um, when, it, when, you, when it comes right down to it, the president is just one more vote. On right, the, on but, the but they can't. They also could. They so, can set the meeting agenda. Right, that's a big deal. Well, medium deal because you know, again, they're going to say no to anything that's looks. It looks, smells, acts like, walks like, talks like any sort of reform. So, you know, it's just one more vote. So in the short term, you know, not much would be accomplished. So then, looking at the current uh, lineup of people, Bruce Six seems like the obvious candidate. And the reason that he's the obvious guy to put in there is it's a personality that people already know what he's all about. And we don't need to bother with, uh, you know, well, let's just say it, destroying his reputation. He's already done that. So it's like, well, let's just vote for that guy. And there's no question about what people expect to happen. Um, and I, you know, I like, and then in my estimation, Yemen would be the front runner uh, currently. Uh, well well, the other the other advantage to backing Bruce Six is that it opens up the Area Six slot. That's a big advantage. Opens up Area Six. I mean, they they would the funds would delay that as long as possible, obviously, because that's what they're going to do. Um, but it creates yeah, right. It opens up Area Six. It creates a friction point because they're going to have to 
not you know put someone into office and all that um and then we can shit on whoever they pick if they pick a fight i mean you, it, it'll it, it it opens things up it'll be it'll be interesting um so yeah that that would be good uh but you know in my view yemen would be the front runner um and i was thinking like man it might take a year or two because you never really know what these guys are about they don't they they speak in platitudes in public. They don't really say shit. Then they all vote the same way um, and then don't say anything in public. So it's really difficult. You know, there, there's not like a conversation there. It takes a uh, it takes an issue like uh, where the members are hard one way and the FUDs are hard the other way. I'm talking Tony Cowden. I'm talking popper calibration getting fixed in air quotes by them you know there's issues where the members feel one way you know very strongly and the 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 fuds go the other direction and i was thinking like man it might take a year or maybe even two to poison the members against this guy you know whoever gets elected i was way wrong way wrong about this <laughs> yemen went ahead and proposed a code of conduct <laughs> that would uh, apply for, uh, you know, online, uh, like at event and off event stuff, um, which was very funny. So the, the Internet got got uh, awesome. For a few would you days. explain what you mean by code of conduct for somebody that might not be familiar? Well, sure. So, uh, um, well, I mean, I guess it'd be up to Yemen to explain, really, because this, this shit oh, wasn't my fair. idea. But uh, uh, I post if you're interested on my Instagram page, I, I put up a uh, I guess some might call it an out of context video clip. Um, I would call it a firmly in context snippet of a long podcast discussion where uh, Yemen was asked, like, hey, what's like the one rule? Like, what's what's one rule that you think you should change? And it was, let's have a code of conduct that applies for, you know, basically it applies for what people say on the internet. Um, because if they say negative things or whatever about match officials, then, you know, we need to, we need to put a stop to that sort of thing. Right. Um, and he, and he, uh, analyzed, he, uh, compared it to professional sports. Correct. Like yes. Real professional sports, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, you, you misbehave on the court or, uh, on the field or even off the field and your team or the league can suspend you or uh, fine you or that sort of thing. And uh, USPSA is not comparable to those at all. No, not really. And uh, if you look at the context of the uh, events over the last year or two, it's pretty obvious how that shit would be pointed. That's gonna be pointed at people like me who uh, say things that annoy the people in charge because I mean, I, I, I said I had a lot to say about this on Instagram, but uh, one of the points I made is like you see people be incredibly nasty to each other in the USPSA community. Many elements of it, many people of it are horrible to each other in the leadership. They don't have shit to say about it. The only thing that annoys them if you say stuff about what they're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that was uh, that was a, let's just say that was a miscalculation on Yemen's part to say these things. So what I did was I took this snippet of this conversation and I kept it. I mean, I made sure to post the full context to my Instagram page. The reason I posted this in context is taking it out of context actually would help Yemen. 
Um, so I made sure to post the full conscious. Hey, this is an interview regarding the presidential election. Hey, I assume you've prepared remarks for this. Hey, what's the what's the the rule that you'd want to change? And it wasn't wasn't like some, you know, uh, random thought that he had or some like uh, I don't know. It, this was a prepared remark, and this was the first thing that he had to talk about was having a code of conduct. So actually, if you keep it in context, it's actually a lot worse for Yemen. If I take it, I mean, I could have said, hey, Leighton and Yemen were talking about this at Dragon's Cup, and like this is really Leighton's idea, but <laughs> that wouldn't be as much fun to say. Uh, I'd better just to hang the whole thing on Yemen, uh, which is what I did. Uh, and then Yemen's response to this was, uh, you know, it's the same thing that you'd expect from one of these personalities. It's like, hey, we're going to deflect, we're going to bullshit around it. And he said that, uh, I mean, the implication is that, that this was taken out of context and this was, uh, you know, in some way unfair to him, this criticism, which it wasn't. It was absolutely in context. What he was saying, like, yeah, he wants to have a code of context, and code of conduct. And he since doubled down on this statement. It's like, no, no, we really need to talk about this. So, uh, man, I thought this would take a year or two. And like, Yemen went, went ahead and uh, helped us get it done in 36 hours about us what it took. So, uh Thank you, Yemen, for that. I mean, the, the first people you got to get rid of with a code of conduct is everybody who doesn't like the code of conduct. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, yes, that's exactly how that's going to go. So uh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we might have, end up in a runoff situation between Bruce Six and Yemen. Actually, more than one people, a few people in my class today were like, man, I wanted to change my vote. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, is, this is why I don't believe in early voting in USPSA or real elections. You never know when you're going to have some kind of uh, October surprise show up. And yeah, laptop from hell. Yeah. You no, know, or you know, basically committing electoral suicide. Like, yeah, let's have a code of conduct for the members. Like going on the internet to propose a code of conduct for your sport that governs your governs your conduct on the internet is never going to go over well. You know, on the internet, people don't like that. I wonder if YouTube has demonetized that video for breaking YouTube's code of conduct. <laughs> uh, pro hard to know. Probably not enough people gave a shit and watched it. More people watched the snippet that I put up than watched the original video. It's funny how that works. Well, anyway, you didn't need all that context. No, I didn't need all that context. But the context helps because it, it makes it actually worse. So that, that's what made it more fun. So anyway, that's what I want to talk about. I thought that was, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you can tell I thought that was a hoot. So uh, awesome. Riveting. Well, you thought it was riveting, Joel. You were enjoying it. Oh, it just, you're yeah, always sending me these, myself. you're sending me all these DMs. You slide into my DMs like, ooh, Ben, go harder. Go harder. Yes. No, that's absolutely not true. You're like, you read some of that stuff, you're like, Jesus Christ. It's usually like face palm. <laughs> you're like, my God, I can't believe you're saying this. But like I gotta tell you, somebody's got to say these things. So anyway, that was awesome. If you haven't voted yet in the presidential election, vote Bruce Six. I mean, uh, it's going to be awesome if he gets elected. Holy fuck. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Well, I'm sure he appreciates your endorsement. I I voted for Bruce Six. I really I, did. I know. I'm sure he appreciates your endorsement. Uh, I'm not so sure he does. But. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates your vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On that note, who's going next? Bill, do you have a shooting topic? 
Fuck no, he's got a. You know, he's I have right. a USPSA Phil's running drama for director, by the way. So oh. this is, well, this is important for people to understand, uh, because he's going to talk about some uh, USPSA stuff now. So, take it away, Bill. Well, uh, we had a board of directors meeting on the 11th of May, uh, where they discussed the uh, the upcoming budget, and it's going to be a deficit budget, which. We all found out, what, about a month ago when they posted the previous meeting minutes? Well, hold on. Those astute observers might have found out a little bit earlier if they'd noticed that the uh, the director of finances for USPSA resigned. That's sort of true. Seriously, a few weeks before that. That's Just true. Just so you know, folks, that's a tell. <laughs> that's what you call a tell. If you uh, are an investor and you see some uh, some uh, the financial guys like punching out of uh, Fortune 500 companies, uh, <laughs> pay attention to the next earnings call, if you know what I mean, because it's usually interesting. But uh, the the budget and the minutes from the May 11th meeting are available on the the organization's website under, uh, I think, BOD minutes. Um, one thing, there, there are a few things I wanted to talk about regarding the minutes. One of them is... Uh, you know, there's a 7.15 p.m. budget discussion. They talk about the Nationals' budgets. And it says, discussion regarding a separate accounting of each Nationals' events from this point forward. Like, so have they just been doing, they've been having three or four Nationals a year for as long as I've been in the sport, since like 2018. And they've just been putting all of that in like one pot and not keeping track of each each national separately, that, that seems crazy. It does. Uh, it does seem crazy when you put it like that. <laughs> but think about how much extra work that would be. Okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, it would be more work, uh, and we we're certainly not paying people enough. Uh, you know, the the organization has a has a budget of two point nine million. Um, total salaries and wages are eight hundred and sixty thousand, so it's about thirty percent, uh, which isn't really crazy. I think uh, the the crazy thing about it is that there's more directors than staff. It, it, USPSA is a very top-heavy organization. You've got five headquarters staff. You've got three assistant directors. You've got uh three directors and the president so that's and you've got you've got more officers than you do um than you do people answering phones and and actually doing the work would they say too many chiefs not enough braves there you go uh so that you know that probably contributes to the 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 finance problems they're having i mean you're Paying all these directors 100, 115 grand a year. It's uh, it's not nothing, and it adds up. Uh, that is true. That is not nothing, and it does add up for uh, sure. But the other the other interesting thing uh, from the the budget and the income discussion was that they they moved to accept a budget deficit as modified during the meeting, with 150 thousand dollars in reduced expenses. And the way I read that is that the, the, this budget that they proposed 
they reduced the expenses by $150,000 to get to this budget. And that might be wrong. I don't know. It's not really clear. And if they did that, this 2022 budget that they proposed is a $140,000. It, it, it's at a $140,000 deficit. So before they reduced those expenses by 150 grand, it would have been running a $300,000 deficit. So that's that's 10% of the uh, of the organization's budget. I mean, we're spending 2.9, almost 3 million, and we're having to borrow 300,000 of that. And that's that's not sustainable. Um, I'm not opposed to a uh, a deficit budget say if if uspsa were putting on a a huge match once every three or four years um maybe a a world shoot type match where it's five or six days it's got you know 1500 people shooting it whatever it's a huge match so they're coming out of pocket a lot of money to pay for this match to see uh who, who's the best and if they come out of pocket for that year for that match you would want them to run a budget surplus the other three years two or three years in between those years to to make up for that budget deficit because we don't want to run a deficit if you run a deficit every year you're gonna i mean you're gonna end up filing bankruptcy the writing's on the wall yeah 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 it it's uh it's interesting and well here's another thing like you look back at 2020, the word the word is they got $171,000 COVID bailout. And but for that money, they'd have had problems that year, 2020. Yeah. So it's it's like, I mean, if the economy gets dumped on, I mean, well, I mean, Joel's treasurer of his his proper gun club, which is a big gun club, and you got your memberships down this year. Yeah, absolutely. Which makes sense. Ammo's expensive. You know, people like the inflation, yeah, yeah, inflation, the economy's a problem. So, yeah, your your gun club's going to have a little less money because it's a lean time. It's going to be a lean time for everybody. Right. Yes. I mean, you, you got to pay more for food. You got to pay more for gas and yes. your your uh, discretionary stuff, your, your entertainment budget, which is what shooting is for. 99.9 percent of people. shooting. Yeah, USPSA shooting is for entertainment. Believe yeah. it or not. Uh, I mean that's that's where you're gonna cut. You're not gonna you're not gonna go to eating ramen. Yeah. And uh I well that's what I did. And walking to work young. to buy yeah. primers. That's what I used to do. Because hey. I really I care that much. Um turn off your cell phone so you can buy one more brick of primers yeah, this but, month. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but I, was, I mean Joe USPSA is not gonna do that. Absolutely no, not. They're not no. Gonna do that. no, they're not gonna it's do crazy. that. No way. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's kind of, it's interesting. It's like, these guys have been living kind of, well, look, the last five, six years, we've had uh, the market, ex the stock market going up. So the USPSA's investments growing, uh, in, in the, uh, awesome days of 2018, 2019, ammo was relatively cheap. It was available guns all over the place. Uh, like financially, that would be the best possible situation for USPSA. And you would expect that they'd be running a huge surplus during that time, because then if if lean times come, then they're not running a deficit. But see, this is not uh, their philosophy on uh, financial management, I don't think. 
It's spend all of the money you make and then the lean times come and then you have problems. That's how they do it. Right. Yeah, we, I mean, the good times just mean that you can spend even more. <laughs> we always have a healthy reserve at my gun club. It's like you never know what could happen. And uh, well, it's like yeah. the whole, I guess, like Dave Ramsey, where you should have whatever the standard is now, like six months worth of wages or whatever. Like, I don't. Yeah, that's like yeah. it's kind of common practice with some businesses or places. But sure. You know, obviously not all. Yeah. And, and well, the, the interesting thing to me about the budget, and I've said this before, is this is the thing that they say they care about is my fiduciary duty. You know, whenever it's something that the, the FUDs don't want to do or something they don't like, they start talking about the money stuff. They start talking about the finances. And it's become very clear that these guys don't really understand that stuff very well. And for whatever reason, and have been doing a very good job managing it because now we're coming into lean times and it's like, oh, <laughs> now well, what do they say when the when the tide goes out you can see who's wearing uh swimming trunks like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what's happening now and it is pretty funny so raising dues into this financial downturn sounds like a dumb move and it sounds like exactly the move they're gonna make well if you just look at the numbers on the budget raising dues looks like a really good idea the the organization's income uh, is predominantly it's more from membership dues than it is from anything else. They get 1.2 million in membership dues, uh, 660,000 in activity fees, 480,000 in uh, championship fees, 450,000 in advertising fees. So the bulk of that money is coming from the uh, the membership dues, and so. You know, if you look at it and it's like, well, we can just turn turn this knob on how much a membership costs. Yeah. And that will make that number go up. If we double the cost of a membership, we'll get one point or we'll get two point four million next year. But well, how do we do that? With inflation, you're not gonna have double the amount of people. Right. Like, well, you know, well that you double the like this would be like the conversation we if if uh training group guys we got together like, hey. You know, I know how we double our income. We just double the membership dues. And be like, oh my God. You're what genius. an idea. What did you I mean, I work in the same market as USPSA. And I, Joel and I had this conversation last night. As far as I'm concerned, I raised tuition for class last. I'm last in line to raise prices in an economy like this. That means that means like food, gas, rent, that bullshit goes up. Um, you know, you wait, you know, a year or two down the line, however long it's going to be, then people's wages maybe yeah, go up. Cost of living increase, you know, like, possibly. Yeah. And like me, luxury good, I'm last in line. You know right. what I mean? And you just have to recognize that. It's like, no, I'm going to be like, I can't be hiking my prices, you know, 25% every year just being like, oh, inflation, bitches. Like, this is how it is. Like, that's not going to work out good for me. Mm -mm. You right. know, that's and, not wise. I mean, at, up to a certain point, it it does work out because I mean there there's some people who will pay no matter what it costs. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. uh, and so you know if you were to double your class tuition, um, it, there's some there's some multiplier where you can increase your class tuition and make the same amount of money and teach fewer people. Yeah, uh, that'd be the Max Michelle model. Easy. There you go. What? No, I was just being real. Like, all, like people can go look at this stuff if they want to. They can get me. People aren't stupid. Well, <laughs> people are stupid. Okay, have have you right. met them? Yes. I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, but, 
But I, I, mean, I think people should look at the budget, uh, see where their money is going, because this really is the members' money, the shooters' money. You know, all the money comes from, um, or the almost all the money comes from memberships, championship fees, and activity fees. There's a little bit from advertising and a little bit from royalties, but most of it is coming from the the members who pay their membership dues every year and um, and, and shoot matches. And uh, you should want to know why we're spending two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year on travel. Um, uh, I don't think that includes nationals either. Just so you know, uh, I, I think th it's I think it's separate. I do not think that includes nationals travel. I'm pretty sure about that. Okay, it, it doesn't say that nationals travel might be included on match expenses. I don't know. These are kind of. You mean it's hard to tell? Yeah, it's kind of like they just wanted to give everybody a, a thirty thousand foot view of of where all the money's going. Um, like liability insurance, I have no problem with liability insurance. I think if you can get liability insurance on something, it's probably a good idea. Um, we're spending twenty grand a year on that, and uh, I imagine a lot of that is like an errors and omissions, at least I would hope. Uh, if USPSA doesn't have an errors and omissions policy for its board members, I might not want to run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, people should look at this. If they have questions, they should they should ask where the, where the money's going. If they don't like where the money's going. Uh, well, they could ask at the in-person board meeting, like... Uh uh, like, what is it, Patrick? Patrick yeah, Brown like did Patrick that? Did. And that he got, well, he got fucking nowhere with that. Uh, right. I think I, I think I was at that meeting, and I think they just said, I was either at it or I watched it on Facebook. I don't remember, because I think it was. A, oh, no, they had, well, they had another in-person at the, the most recent Nationals. Yeah, this was in 2021 he did that. No, he was at this. Uh, this oh, he did it again this year. Yeah, yeah. This nice. is where he, just to be annoying, said, I'll take interim A3. Uh, well, I think he had an exchange uh, with uh, Jake. It got a little bit heated, got a little bit nasty. And uh, he asked Sherwin in front of everybody, he's like, hey, are you the president or is Jake? And I, uh, the, the word is Sherwin had nothing to say to that, <laughs> which is awesome because these people, well, you'll see. <laughs> they don't have much to say in public, but <laughs> they're going to they're gonna beat on you uh uh, they get you an executive session. They'll have plenty to say to you, Bill, if you get on the board. Believe me. Well, that's that's what executive session is for. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's for talking about your real views and opinions on important issues. Right. You don't want any of that, the minutes where, where you could be held accountable. Oh, absolutely not. You understand. You're good. <laughs> you understand, boards. This is going to be great. <laughs> oh, well. Great topic. Well, but oh, Joel, I forgot we got, you were here. We got to give uh -huh. you the counterpoint, Bill. Like, so what these guys would say is about the money is like, hey, you're members, not shareholders. Right. You you are correct, sir. That's what they uh, would say. However, as a nonprofit, USPSA is supposed to be run for the benefit of the members. What? Right. Yeah, it's crazy talk, but. Uh, I mean, it's it's got these specific goals. That, that's the whole point of having a membership 
based nonprofit is it's for the benefit of the of the members. Well, I mean, it's it's similar to how a credit union operates. Wouldn't you say, Joel? This is factual. Yes. Well, Joel, would you say your credit union functionally operates for the benefit of its members or does it operate for the benefit of its management? Uh, I suppose it would be. I don't know. I think you do know, <laughs> but you, maybe you're not allowed to say on a podcast, but I mean, yes, that's how these things work. I tell people they're like, I mean, I've had these conversations with people a lot. Um, and just for all the FUDs listening, I travel around and do a lot of classes all over the country and everybody's curious about this stuff. And they're always like, well, wait, well, what about this or that for the money? Like, well, it's a nonprofit. And then I have to, you know, tell people a little bit about this. Like, you know, there's not a lot of easier ways to make money than to start a nonprofit. Just so you know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> People true. aren't doing this stuff out of the the, the goodness of their hearts. Uh, uh, one other thing, uh, and this probably isn't all of the marketing in the budget, uh, but the organization spent one hundred thirty-two thousand on promotion and marketing, which I am going to guess is mainly paying Shooting USA for to to be on tv I, i'm just guessing um i think we could get a lot more mileage out of that i think i mentioned this on instagram a couple months ago like you you print up a whole bunch of uh postcard type things with pictures of regular people not not uh ben or jj or or whoever and not people in these uh nascar jerseys you know regular people wearing regular clothes shooting uh, like action so shots of them at a USPSA match. You put that on one side. On the other side, you have information about USPSA or or the uh, a link to the website so that people know where to go to find a club that has local matches and uh, make that good for a free match or something. And well, I like that idea. And you... Yeah. you uh, and then you take those cards, and USPSA just pays Sig Sauer and CZ and Beretta and, and everybody to put those in with every new gun that they sell, every new handgun. And, I mean, the, these type of push card type things, you see them a lot in local elections uh, in the real world where candidates will have you know a picture of their family on one side and the other side will say, these are my views on uh abortion and guns and and everything and uh i mean they they hand those out when they go around to all the the local areas to campaign and shake shake babies and kiss hands and uh i mean and, and it's not like the organization would have to kick money back to the clubs it's you know somebody turns in one of these cards at a at a local match and the you just practice score could set up a flag in there where you flag that that person who turned in the card, and then USPSA just doesn't charge an activity fee. So that's an interesting idea. It's I, I think it'd be easily doable, and it would uh, it, it would reach a lot more people than than just airing stuff on Shooting USA or or columns in Shooting Illustrated or whatever that money is going towards now. Right, and or how about this? They can start pushing because USPSA does have a social media presence that presence that a lot of people pay attention to, even though it kind of sucks and it's not that interesting for the most part. 
Uh, what about pushing that content into like this, like to general interest gun people where they kind of bridge that gap? Because USPSA comes off as sort of, I don't know, it's intimidating in some ways. It seems sort of like, uh, like you know, you're the NASCAR jersey type type stuff, and it, like, it's a high barrier to entry. People to don't feel qualified. Out. Yeah, like why not just saying like, hey, you want to learn how to shoot real shoot better or whatever? Like this is a thing for you, and start like not they wouldn't use personalities like me. They use people that are more likable, more polished. <laughs> you know, like uh, well, let's say Max Michelle, that'd be great. So you get like, hey, like we'll show people. Show people what you can get out of USPSA. Hey, why would I go do this? Like, what am I going to get out of it? And be like, hey, this is going to be, this is the environment. This is, you know, this is how it's going to help you be a better shooter. This is how, what's fun about it. This is what it's all about. I don't see that much of that sort of content from USPSA. Right. I mean, the the stuff that I've seen is like, these are the different divisions. And this is how you know where you can shoot. Like, it's the most show up with a gun, a holster, a, a couple mag pouches, and just shoot in open or limited. Who cares? Well, I mean, it's, it's I your first match. Just get out there and see what well, everything's I mean, all I, about. I, I, this is it. Like before I shot a USPSA match, I actually went to a new shooter orientation uh, put on by a guy that I love, my section or my former section coordinator. I love the guy, but the new the uh, the orientation was or the the USPSA informational thing was a PowerPoint of USPSA rules. That's what it was because well that this guy and well, you went back. Well, I already wanted to do it, but this guy he's a linear thinker. I mean, this is how people are they're linear thinkers. So it's like, hey, let's explain all the rules and the divisions and all this shit and explain people how this all works. Instead of explaining USPSA from like a qualitative perspective, you know, like show some video, like, hey, this is what people are doing, or hey, kind of this is not just how we calculate your score, but this is what how the scoring system actually functions. Uh, like, this is what it pushes you to do. This is what it, it incentivizes. You know what I mean? Like, explain it to people in a way where they kind of get the important parts of it, that the, the fun parts, they get the hooks to it. Like, right. the important, like, USPSA's hooks are, it's, hey, it's a different stage every time. Like, we're going to set the stage different. It's, you know, it, it's it's always something a little interesting, you know? Or, uh, hey, the scoring system, it's, it's always pushing you because you can always be faster. And the faster you go, the harder it is to be accurate, but we're always going to score the targets. And kind of showing people that stuff that's sort of interesting. You know, the, the real hooks to USPSA. I mean, the, the, the reason they don't do this, and I think all of us sitting here understand this, is they don't understand this, this stuff about USPSA themselves. <laughs> Joel. Thanks for sitting through this, buddy. Good work. <laughs> You're doing great. Like I said, I almost forgot you were here, Joel. Oh, appreciate it. No, this is Joel's favorite stuff. No, I mean, he just is. wants us to hammer out this podcast, you know. I was thinking we could talk about a shooting topic now. I thought we were shooting missiles at the FUDs. Negative. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you were. Yeah, we were. <laughs> uh, well, my topic will actually be me, I guess, making Ben talk. But, uh, God damn well, it. I know, I'm very sorry. Well... Uh, Ben's, you're saying with me, we just finished, you finished teaching a skills and drills class today. Uh, a different class will start tomorrow for the group of people, but an interesting concept that I really liked in classes, obviously I'm a shooting nerd and a nerd about like teaching and finding better ways to, to train people and explain stuff. And I mean, what, there's nothing really new under the sun. We keep saying Correct. the same stuff, different ways or finding different ways to explain the same things we've been saying for years. Is that all fair? 
There's nothing new. That's okay. not a thing. Well, anyway, Ben came up with this idea I really, really liked, which was putting black pasters on the targets, like in the A zones. We we shoot, you know, we say we you hit where you look for better or worse. Wherever you look is where the bullet's going to go. Uh, briefly, like some people when they're shooting steel, for instance, they look at just like a round plate. They just see a big white circle. No, no, they, they see the whole shape. They'll, yeah. they'll see like the, the, the shaft of the popper, then the circle, then the reservoir tip. Like they see all of it. You know, and they mm -hmm. regard that like, oh, that's target. Whereas you're more accurate if you drive your vision to a particular spot. I mean, I've known I've known this and and, and like we talk about this and I've explained this shit to people a hundred thousand times. Where I'm like, yep, don't look at the brown, don't look at the shape of the target, look at a small spot in the center. Uh, you know, or look again, at the perforated A on the target. And right. It's close. And I'll say other things you're like, hey, the dickheads that designed these targets intentionally left them this the brown you know, canvas without an aiming reference point. This was done deliberately to make it harder, mm -hmm. you know, when they design these things. I, can, I mean, I can say all this stuff and people can intellectually understand it, but it's difficult to force them to look at a spot. Right. So, yes. Yes, This, which brings us to now. You're on the roll. So Ben has this idea. It's like, hey, as training wheels, you know, it's like, hey, look at a small spot in the target, whatever. People, maybe they do it, maybe they don't. We keep trying to, trying to impress them how important it is that you hit where you look. But Ben has this idea to put black pasters on the target as giving people aiming points. Uh, do you want to continue? Right. Well, it wasn't so much put the black paster on there to give them an aiming point. Because, I mean, I know, yeah, that just is going to make it easier. That's going to take that element away. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to, I mean, as we sequence drills and sequence a class, uh, now it's get people shooting a little bit. Like, start telling them, like, hey, like, direct your attention to a small spot on the target. Then... Just add the, the the spots on the targets to aim at, have them shoot a while like that, and then take it away. And that kind of makes the point in a way that's difficult to ignore, in my estimation. I agree. I liked uh, some of the drill. Oh, also, and then on the steel poppers, uh, Ben put like a black, like a little dot on the poppers also. Yeah, I to drive that. To drive your eyes to in the stages. But it was interesting how many people would like actually hit the paster and it would oh, yeah. like fall off the target or we'd have to put another paster on the target. Because like, well, well, what do you know? They start looking at that spot and they start actually putting bullets on the paster while they're still shooting, you know, at rapid fire speeds. Right. So uh, I, th I think I, I told Joel, this is going to be dot occlusion for 2022. As, as far as a training tool. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows including the dot doesn't work. Right, that's what it's, I'm it's saying. Point shooting, basically. I mean, you, you might as well close your eyes. Right. So what are you point shooting? How do you aim? What are you doing? <laughs> How do you know where you're hitting on the target if there's a paster in the way? You close don't. Your eyes. Fire for effect. Oh my god. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Joel likes that as a. Uh, I, I really do. Yeah. So then, so well, you saw it. You could see as a group. You you put the black dots on the targets, and every like people are hitting better. Mm -hmm. Then you take it away, and they go back to shit. And then you start can start emphasizing like, yeah, if you just regard, you know, brown as target, you're going to get brown. <laughs> if you start driving your vision to a spot, you're going to get that. So. Uh, so, yeah, it works as like a short term training wheels or a training tool. It's not something that what Ben, I want to put words in your mouth, but somebody should not be doing this on every single training session for a year. Yeah, absolutely not. But absolutely is it not. a training wheel, something to put on to teach, to prove a point? and then take it back off. I think it's a good tool. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And I'm going to stay in business because people will listen to this podcast and be like, oh, that's interesting, then never do it. 
and they come to a class. So this, this is how these motherfuckers are without occlusion, too. They're like, yeah, I heard you guys talking about this. I just never tried it. I'm like, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks for coming, buddy. <laughs> Make this easy for me. Well, what, like, well, real talk, I always keep, like, electrical tape. Well, I, I for, like, including the dot, I strongly prefer having the black electrical tape compared to just the brown paster. Like, I want it to be completely black behind the dot. So, anyway, I've you always told got... me you prefer the brown. Uh-huh. So I've got always got electrical tape in my range bag. <laughs> Bill got that. I'm sure. That Thank was you. an anus joke, people. Thank you. Bill gets it. Did you not? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just so you know, Joel has, Joel has, I thought you might hit me finally. <laughs> no, I would not hit you. Joel, Joel, Joel doesn't talk about any sex stuff ever. Thank so you. So I like to say the most outlandish shit and hang it on him. He does. <laughs> Just like getting a reaction. So anyway, I always keep electrical tape in my range bag, especially for classes. It's just handy. And there was, I think, like two people during the class. It was like, hey, do you think you might be looking at the dot? Do you think? And he's like, oh, I'm not really sure. And then sure enough, like put electrical tape over his dot and like do some dry training. He's like, holy crap, I think this works. I'm like, yes, I think it does too. You should just keep that on there for now. Yeah. So training tools are good. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. it's question time, boys. Oh, you have a question. We actually had a question come in. It's a good one. I heard Juancic talk about confirmation two shooting in a recent podcast i was also watching a mason lane walkthrough video recently and he had mentioned confirmation three shooting when referring to shooting at partials these concepts or at least the terms are foreign to me could you explain what these mean and how a person would use and know when to use these different techniques in a match situation i wish we had professor on the podcast this was professor kim's idea and it is well hold on a real I, banger well no i Go ahead, sorry. Well, so aiming aiming at things different ways, I mean, as we know, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, so prank, I'll call it aiming schemes. Um, I forget the terms I've used for it in the past. I like the term confirmation because it more accurately reflects reality when you're shooting. So typically, uh, uh, typically people build an index. So when they draw the gun or when they point the gun to a target, the sights are going to be more or less aligned at the spot they they look at because you know haha you hit where you look as we were just discussing um so you don't really aim strictly speaking when you're shooting uspsa you know at at even at a average level it's not really about aiming you more look at a spot and the sights will show up on that spot then you confirm what you already think you know which is like yeah hey, my attention's on this spot my gun is you know lined up on this spot am i indeed you know aimed where i should be then you confirm uh, that, you know, the gun is pointed there. Um, there's lots of different ways to do this. You might do it just by the tactile feel of your arms, which obviously is not going to work that well at distance. You might do it just seeing the outline of your gun. You might do it reacting to the color of your, your optic or your, your red dot. Uh, you might do it by, uh, you know, seeing like there's, you might see fiber through the rear notch without regard or without respect for the alignment of the sights, just fiber through the rear. Uh, you might see everything looks perfect. So your dot stop stable looks like a dot as opposed to a streak. You might see your, your equal height, equal e light, equal height, equal light on iron sights. So that those you would use those, those things that you respond to, that is what you're using for confirmation. Okay. So, uh, uh Professor Kim came up with a number system. The, the common numbers are uh, two and three. You might hear 2.5 and four and one as well. So I'll just, his system is uh, 
uh, your arms, the, the tactile feel of your arms is confirmation one. The color of your red dot is uh, confirmation two. Or your fiber. Or your fiber, that's confirmation two. Confirmation three would be uh, dot, stop, stable, look like a dot. Or equal height, equal light is confirmation three. Uh, confirmation 2.5 would be fiber through the rear without perfect alignment. And confirmation four is switching to a, uh, like, it's, it's stop stable sight picture. Then you switch to your uh, firing hand focused and cleanly trigger the shot. So that's confirmation four. Uh, I mean, the terminology is sort of fucking irrelevant, honestly. It's a, what's important is the concept of different aiming schemes or different things you react to based on the target. And the way that you figure out how you're going to do that is by experimentation in practice and then acclimation with lots of training and you train yourself in so you do certain things on certain targets that's it that's how you actually apply it in a match yep and, 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 and go sorry this isn't a drill that you like there isn't a confirmation drill there is right? a confirmation oh, it's drill. funny you should ask it's funny you should ask <laughs> i think you might know that there is a confirmation drill bill you might just be throwing a uh, underhanded pitch to joel yes. right now and we'll see if he can hit it Thank you. Go, Joel. <laughs> Tell them about confirmation drill. Yes, there is a confirmation drill. Uh, basically, just set up a target. Like, what do we do? What's the what's the standards? That through five yards? I don't think the, I don't think the, distance, really the, the distance is irrelevant, honestly. On yeah. So anyway, set up a target. Uh, guns at low ready, pointed at like the base of the the target, the stand, and then when you get a beep, you react. You bring the gun up to eye level and you shoot the target based on that number system Ben just gave, and that'll give you an outcome. Yeah, so you'll have a time that it takes to trigger the shot, right? And then you'll have, uh, you know, the, the result on the target. And you simply, you know, modulate the result so that you're going as fast as you can go and still getting an acceptable result, depending on what, you know, based on the target type. The thing I think people miss the boat on is this is not a drill to go practice and get good at. Right. So like that's what I meant. That's what I meant. It's not, Ooh, you use it like to figure out how you shoot at different targets. Yes. And different target presentations. You don't, you don't go out and say, I'm going to practice build drills and the confirmation drill today. Right. You no, don't do that. No, no, but it teaches you a lot. Of, if you pay attention, it'll teach you a lot that you'll know to apply on stages based on prior training and experience. If you look at a target, it's a, it's a partial at 15 yards. You look at that, you're like, Oh boy, like I have to actually see my, you know, front sight through the rear notch, stop stable, or my dot stopped and stable. Like that would be a good thing to know, as opposed to be like, well, I'll just throw up the gun and when it gets to roughly eye level, I'll just fire for effect. But, you know, by doing this drill, and I'm making an extreme example, but by doing the drill, you connect the dots with what types of targets uh, and for what types of aiming schemes or confirmation you need. Right. I mean, and I'll do this when we do this in the fundamentals class tomorrow. It'll be maybe 15 rounds per dude. And the spoiler alert I'll give them is like, hey, what you're going to get out of this probably is that color confirmation or confirmation two. Like, just bring your gun up. You see that flash of color, react to that and shoot. You're going to be good to go, you know, five, seven, ten yards at least. You're going to be good to go with that. You'll be shocked how, how you know, accurate you can be doing that. And it's going to cut about two tenths of a second off every single target acquisition. You know, if you apply just react to the color as opposed to, you know, make, you know, making your dot stop and be stable and look like a dot. That's what I that's in a in a, you know, a group, an open enrollment class setting for USPSA. That's going to be the takeaway for most of the people in the group. 
and people are oftentimes surprised at the results like the really disciplined shooters or like the like the police where you have to be accountable for every bullet kind of thing oh yeah when you, i did we did this at, at the ttpoa at, the, at ttpoa the texas tactical police officers association we did confer i did confirmation drill and for them i was like what the fuck yeah yeah you know you're like you just bring us to eye level and you see the color of your dot and you say like, holy witchcraft crap. Yeah. yeah, well, it's still hitting the center. Like, how could this be? And it's like, so what are you point shooting? I'm like, negative ghost rider. Like, <laughs> no, but that's really, really good for learning lessons. You start connecting dots, and the next thing you know, you're you're shooting faster, and uh, you know, yeah, it looks like witchcraft, and now it's it's pretty obtainable. It is for witchcraft. Anybody. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amazing. Well. Anything else to add, Bill? You want to take one last shot at the uh, the board members? Or I don't, like I don't that? think we have time for that, unfortunately. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, fuck. You know no we're good. Listen, <laughs> listeners, if you have a question you want the answer to, see, I'm in control of the mouse now. This is perfect. Oh, damn it. Uh, go to my website, spensager.com. Send me your question. We'd love to hear from you. Bill, thanks for your time. Thank you.